What's up, Internet? Welcome to the Geekiest Show Online, Geektainment Weekly. Happy Friday. I am one of your hosts, R.D. Van Houten, joined by the amazing Andy Bishop. Hey, 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 girlfriend. Hey. How you doing, Andy? Ah, uh, you know, this week has been really good. Yeah. Um, everything is just going great. I am super thrilled to be here. There's so much going on in the world of of geekdom and I'm just I'm just ready to talk about it on Friday today. Right. And also joined by the brains of the operation Ian Benzman. What's up, dude? Yo. Yo. What's up? What's crack lagging? Things and stuff. Things and stuff. Yeah, stuff and things, things and stuff. What? Uh, That's very descriptive. Rush hour four. Woo-hoo. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I know. Don't you ever touch a Chinese man radio. I, dude, <laughs> I, I I've said it before, I'll say it again and I'll say it till the day I die. I will watch any rush hour they put out that has Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. Uh-huh. Like, make me as many as the Police Academy movies. More. I want more. Right. I want more than that. Like, I want rush hour 13 on Mars. Right. You understand I want... the words that are coming out of my mouth? <laughs> yeah, as long as it's those right. two, I'll, I'll fucking watch it. Yeah. I'll totally watch it. I have a deep affinity for the first two, and the third one's, you know, enjoyable enough. Absolutely. Rush hour has always held a really special place in my heart. Um, I am, if you viewers didn't know, I'm a ginormous Jackie Chan fan. Uh, my brother and I, uh, we really love the Tim and Eric show, and mm. they have this board game on there called It's Not Jackie Chan, where you have to just say things that aren't Jackie Chan, like uh, uh, Fire Hydrant, Toothpaste, uh, Jackie Chan, and then they always screw up and say it, and then they forget <laughs> a buzzer. It is like, but J- he, is, he is like... When you have Jackie on the brain, you got Jackie He's amazing. He's an amazing martial artist that he's as old as he is now. Yep. And he's still, you know, doing his own stunts and and making movies and I and love training. watching the outtakes. Like, oh, man. The oh, they're great. Specifically, like, Rush Hour. The Rush Hour outtakes, outtakes are fantastic. Yeah. I think but, it like, was uh, Rumble in the Bronx. He broke his leg. And then they he had to have a cast. So they painted the cast... Uh, to look like his pant leg and <laughs> shoe. Oh, that's pretty wow. slick. I mean, he works with like it's really cool. I've watched like some of the behind the scenes stuff. He works with like the same team. Mm-hmm. So like they set up it's like and then he insures his own team because a lot of the time like the studios don't want to like insure what they're planning on doing, right. which I think is really cool. I love in the outtakes when he messes up his stunts and then he like hurts himself, but he like laughs about it. No! Oh, and, then, <laughs> and you know, like he he's like a huge musician. Really? Like, in China? I didn't know that. Oh yeah. Yeah, he has like a how many? I don't a bunch of albums. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's like a big musician there. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's like the Pope. Pope has a rock album. That's not a joke. Seriously. Really. Uh huh. Yeah, it's like Pope it's, Francis. It's a, yes, the current Pope. The Our rock, current Pope rock has a rock, rock album. How old is this album? Two years, three years. Really? Yes, it's it's. Um, is it Christian rock actually? Is it a Christian um, rock album? Well, Faith I, plus I would, one. I would I would assume so. I've listened to like one song from it because mm. I had to. Knew you got it. Pope puts out a rock album. It's like when DMX put out uh, oh, right, Rudolph well, was the a Red-Nosed Reindeer. So there was a video of that online yeah. for the years. Al- the yeah. album's called Wake Up. Yeah, no, oh. I told you it exists. This is a thing that exists. The Pope has a rock album. Mm. I swear it sounds like I'm setting up like a punchline for a joke, but that's, no, the, the Pope has a it's rock like, album. like, so the Pope wrote a rock album. Yeah, right. End of it. Like At period. Two that's Jews it. and the Pope walk into the rock album. Right. You know, like, <laughs> Great, uh, yeah. But uh, rock and roll. Yeah. So also this weekend, Black Frickin' Panther. Yeah. Like it's still, <sighs> it's just money. It's just kicking it's ass. Just making so much money. It's the fifth um, biggest domestic opening of all time. Mm. I still haven't seen it, guys. Ooh. I've been so busy. Well, and spoiler alert, Andy: yeah. the Black Panthers in it. 
Oh my gosh, why did you tell me that? And spoiler yeah. alert, it's made $242 million in the U.S. Yeah, over a four-day. Yeah. yeah, it's insane. The, wow. I think it's like somewhere, it's like over $500 million worldwide. Um, this movie's going to be making money until Avengers comes out, without question. Oh, now, yeah. Now, R.D., yeah. you and I had a, a conversation, because I called you that Thursday mm-hmm. that the movie dropped. Mm-hmm. And do you remember what you said to me? That it was fantastic. That it was, you said something specifically about how amazing it was, and then it was amazing that it got more amazing. Oh, yeah. And it was just like, it was just with somehow this movie was just getting better and better. Yeah. All the way way to the end. I don't want to spoil anything, and I won't. I won't say it, but I, I, I've pinpointed. Now I've seen it three times now, yeah. and I've pinpointed the exact moment it goes from holy crap awesome to like holy fucking amazingly craply tastic amazing. Awesome. It's definitely I, yeah. it's that good. It's it it's Guardians first Guardians of the Galaxy was like my favorite okay. Marvel Studios movie until this came out. I think, okay. and then it's kind of a toss up. I've got a few toss ups now. But... See, it's I I I have a top five. Right. I have a top five. I know Spider Man's up. up uh, there. Yeah, with an honorable mention. My top five are hands down Avengers. Right. Um, the first one. The first Avengers. Right. Um, and then Guardians. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spider Man. Um, Winter Soldier. Nah, yeah, Winter, Winter Soldier, Soldier. Civil War. Civil War. I give Civil War that one up just because they got Spider Man right for the first right. time. I love that. And then number five is Black Panther. Yeah. Um, and if you know me, my, my I, said, I said that to my buddy the other night, and he was shocked that Doctor Strange wasn't in the top five because I love that movie. It's probably honorable sixth. Yeah. Yeah, and they really got Doctor Strange right. They nailed it on the head. You know, yeah. Cumberbatch yeah. was a fantastic choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I feel like they didn't try to like. Force it, Doctor Strange, down our throats. Right. No. It was just like, here he is. But Marvel, is Marvel doesn't force things down your. Like it's no. like even Guardians. You had a fucking talking tree that says one line of dialogue. Right. And a talking raccoon, and they didn't really push it down your throat, and it just worked. And that's what I think. And then the, the musical, like the music, the soundtrack from Guardians is what was what the really really did for it for Black me. Panther was oh yeah, incredible. it was all Kendrick Lamar. Well, he, he curated he like, it, well, and there was yeah. like a mix with the score. But like that song he, with the weekend mm-hmm. is so good. Mm-hmm. Pray for me, I think it's called. The artwork, like everything, Black Panther. It was just a it great was movie. Fantastic. It was a good movie. And we'll talk more about it when Andy has actually. Yeah, know, when I put yeah, because people will still be seeing it for a while. Oh so. yeah, absolutely. It'll, I'll probably go see it still again. Be, so I mean, if you still want to go, I'll go with you. That's fine. Speaking of movies, I see a million freaking times, mm. except for this last one. Star Wars. Star Wars. The script is done. What for filming begins in July for episode nine and JJ right? yep and JJ's gonna come save us all oh right. JJ just Look. like he did the national anthem yep. two I lo- light flicks mm-hmm. two light flicks and, and we're getting JJ saving you know, Star Wars Snoke's still alive <laughs> I'm, I'm, if anyone I'm can money figure it out it. it'd be Look, JJ Darth Maul Rose. got cut in half and exactly. then on Star Wars Rebels mm-hmm. he had robot legs That's true. he was a spider. Well, for why, a minute. why don't true. we? Why don't we just put some, throw some dang robot legs on Snoke, and then actually, you know, have him be a good bad guy? Well, there was like rumors like that it was Snoke is like pulling like the expanded universe Palpatine oh, clone thing. Yeah. yeah, or he's a puppet, and that's not really Snoke. Yeah, there's that, also that. Oh, you know, like like you know like because it was like. First, you see the hologram. Oh, of him. you mean then like you a see... metaphorical puppet? You yeah, well, like, like he's like, like, literal mind... like no, not like a literal puppet. That'd be weird. Like right. Snoke's under the the chair <sighs> with his hand up there, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> no, like, this whole team of people, the the body gets cut in half, and Snoke's hand is gone, and he's like, "Well, this sucks." Could have been worse. I could have lost my top half. Right. 
Oh man, that movie. It would have been mm. funny if they cut him in half, and then no, and then no, and it then, then the hand was still did, there. Oh, okay, the hand was still there. And it was like new force then powers. It was, the hand was just like feeling around, like like idle hands like from uh, or, uh, ah! the Adams family. Yeah, like he's just trying to figure yeah, out where the, the rest thing. of it is. Uh huh. Oh man. But I, yeah, no, I, that's that's some news. Hopefully, hopefully, I mean, come on, as gorgeous as some of the Last Jedi is, it's so bad. And I just want J.J. Abrams to come save us all. Well, <laughs> I mean, it was not great, but it was not the worst Star Wars movie that there has been. Yeah, and and speaking of directors entering into a film franchise, do you, would you hold on? Would you choose? I'm thinking Phantom Menace really hard right now over Last Jedi. I'm thinking really hard right That's now. That's a tough one. I, mean, I have such a hatred for what they did to the lore with The Last Jedi that honestly, Phantom Menace. I might watch Phantom Menace instead. Well, yeah, and there's the, the great. I'm still going to buy the damn thing and I'm still going to freaking watch it a bunch yeah. of times. Well, but, yeah. Uh, but. I mean, they're still going to get a bunch of our money. Speaking oh, of that, yes. a director, I had a great segue planned. <laughs> director <laughs> entering a film, we have news of a director. Exiting, exiting a, a film. film. Ah. Joss Whedon is now leaving the Batgirl film. Yeah. that's Because um, he doesn't have a story. I think that's just what he's <laughs> saying. I, I think it has a lot more to do with how Justice League did. Um, I think there's a lot more that to what sense. happened with Justice League than any of us will ever know. Um, yeah. Like, the, the, this week alone, I think, that came out that actually Zack Snyder was fired before he uh, came out that he left. And this is all just an amicable thing. It's him playing the Hollywood game, you know, like Josh Trank didn't do <laughs> with with Fantastic Four. Um, DC will figure it out. I day. hope so. One I mean, they've, well, here's the thing: is they've already they they got their new their new like right. the head of the DC films in, you right. know, and supposedly he's streamlining everything. And I I don't we'll see. I mean, I would assume if there's anything that we're gonna find out, it's gonna be at Comic Con this year. I just don't get how there's they can be so hit or miss, you know, like well, I mean, like, so far well, they've only okay, so once. like the so no, well, Watchmen. Well, but that doesn't count. How does that not count? Because that's not, I'm talking like DC EU proper. Okay, all right. Or DC all live right. action EU proper. I'm talking okay. like since Man of Steel. Okay. Because I mean, come right. on, Christopher right. Nolan. I can you hear Well, that's now? what I mean. No, no, I'm talking like, about I'm talking about since they gave Zack Snyder the keys to the castle. Right. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I can dig it. And he just made it all really shiny. Yeah. Yeah. It's a trident. There's three, three, three prongs to a trident. Yeah, tried. Was it five? Five. Four or five? I don't it's know. Five. It's extreme, though. It was. Okay. <laughs> well, just like him shred. It was like the Pope rocking, yeah. rocking out. Hey, no, rock don't yeah, that, the Pope rocking that's out. That's cool, that's awesome. man. Yeah. Look, we got a dope Pope in right now. Right? Yeah, I'm I don't cool mean this Pope. I don't mean to go all Catholic on you. <laughs> like, so Catholic six kids bombs. Catholic. But this guy's pretty dope, and he's not a dick. So no, I no he and he's like he pushes for science, and he he's very progressive pope. And I'm Jewish. Mm. There you go. You know, so like, you know, the dope pope, the dope. Pope. That's the book. That's his autobiography. Yeah. So you know, I mean, I um, patent pending. <coughs> trademark. I, I don't. I don't do this generally pretty often. When I hate on something, I hate on something. But right. they've put out um, the first really good look at Krypton. Yeah. Um, and it features who the villain's going to be, and it's Brainiac. Do we it, have? It, yeah, we we have the trailer. Uh, we have the trailer. So let's take a look at let's it real quick, and then uh, we'll chat on it. Brainiac was obvious. It made absolute sense that he would be our big bad. It moves from planet to planet. It's known as the Collector of Worlds. 
true name. He's brainiac. To me, Jeff Jones and Gary Frank did an incredible run on Brainiac. We really decided to take a run at making him older and more emotionally distant and ancient. And that version of Brainiac did heavily influence what we're doing in the show. And his crazy skull ship, which is really cool and iconic. Brainiac's never been seen before like this. Son of Krypton, your world is at an end. My family is one of triumph and sacrifice. How we led a revolution against tyranny. And now it falls on my shoulders to save my world. Someone from the future is coming to destroy Krypton. Because where I'm from, your grandson becomes the greatest hero of the universe. about how we died. It's about how we lived. Yeah, so I mean, I'll eat my words on that one. That It, it looks spectacular. That looks like one of the most uh, like perfect adaptions of any comic book. Like Brainiac looks spectacular. Yeah. That ship looks spectacular. Um, I I think they really like really got that down. I mean, obviously I haven't seen the show yet. Right. And the rest of it could be garbage, but they nailed Brainiac. Right. Like, and it's it's really cool to see the skull ship in live action because um we were, you know we were talking about this a second yeah. ago that 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 is actually a thing that's really now iconically tied to Brainiac, which actually was not in the comics. That was originally designed for the Superman Lives movie mm. uh, with Nicolas Cage and Tim Burton in the 90s, and then Jeff Johns used it for his like first big Brainiac story right. uh, when he was writing the comic, and that's how that... It's it's very interesting. Cool. What? Question. Answer. I want to know who that guy was with the Detroit hat on. It oh, might have been an old um, English D, but he handed him a cake. It's not Booster Gold. <clears throat> it's... Um, Oh, uh, what's his name? I can't. It's another DC character. So I it's a time traveler. I think it's Adam Strange, maybe. I think it's Adam Strange. So it's a time traveler. Yes, it's definitely a time and traveler. And was that on Krypton or was that on Earth? That was on Krypton. I would assume. I don't know. I have no idea. It's just it just it, it felt very much like he was. I mean, that was obviously. The I mean, Superman it's possible K. that they they tease like you know with time travel they tease that, but who knows? Uh, we'll guess. We'll have to see the show. I guess so. Um, but so I, um, I do agree. Brainiac so, was good. Switching it up a little bit. Yeah. We've talked about some DC. Let's go back to Marvel. Yes. Legion. Ah, season Legion two. Season freaking two. I'm so goddamn excited. April right? 3rd. Right? Ah, Fantastic. I'm so excited. Oh, my God. I think we have a trailer we for do. that, It's too. short, but holy crap, it's let's, great. Let's, let's run it. You're probably thinking about your future right now.
believe me, this is nothing. You gotta toughen up in life and make it mean something. What brings you to Miami? I know people. You're a creative, right? You have no idea. Thanks that being rich would be a breeze. My grandson, John Paul Getty III. Butter is too hard. <laughs> Welcome. I'll have the plantation master poison. What's the truck space like in this thing? That's 50 clouds. It's easy to see things as black and white. All right, so we took a look at what's going on in FX. FX in general, there is a little bit of... Uh, a little bit of Legion A little bit there. of Legion there. Mm -hmm. Actually, though, if you want it, there's two teasers that came out the last couple of days. One of them is actually on our Facebook. Mm -hmm. uh, if you want to check that out, it features Aubrey Plaza, who I don't actually think is in this season. I hope she is. She was great yeah. in the first yeah. season yeah. As, as Shadow. Shadow yeah, she was great um, getting a new actor for that, though. Right. So we'll see. I don't know. Maybe it's right. like her passing the torch. Yeah. Well, maybe, yeah. I mean, that would well, make sense. It's the sh it, basically, the thing with her makes you think. Well, it'll be Farouk crazy. or whatever. Yeah. They, I the think actual, they'll bring the actual Farouk. The look of him. Yeah, yeah. That'll be interesting. Well, on today's episode, we have a very, very special guest. Indeed. Paranormal researcher extraordinaire John E.L. Tenney Ooh. will be joining us. So stick around after this commercial break, and we're going to have a pretty rocking chat with Mr. Tenney. See you Want to stay informed, entertained, and enlightened? Get connected and stay connected today to New Radio Media. The New Radio Media app is now available for download in the Apple and Google Play Store. Just search for NRM Streams for unlimited access to archived, live, new, exciting, and unique content. Welcome to Geektainment Weekly. All for free. Do it now. Stay connected. <laughs> And millions of ducks. Two guys go to newradiomedia.com. The Arts and Entertainment Channel on New Radio Media. Dot com. All right, welcome back to Geektainment Weekly. All right, and we are joined by the fantastic John E.L. Tenney. What's up? Nothing. You don't know if I'm fantastic yet. I'm well, pretty your sure. Yeah. Your reputation proceeds. Yes. Indeed. Ugh, that's a We're very scary excited thing to, to think have about. It's a scary thing. Everybody gets a cool adjective, like, you know, fantastic, brilliant. You know, we all do. I'd like Whether weird. We or not. Weird. I like that. You know, you're you're surrounded weird. with a bunch of weirdos right now. Yeah, that's so you're gonna exactly you're in great where I want to be. Perfect company. Great company. I have in, tried to embrace and change the notion of weirdo for my entire life. I see right. it as a compliment. Right. I do too. It's yeah. an ultimate mm -hmm. compliment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like unique. You know, when it's, when I uh, do lectures and stuff, when right. I greet people, like at the lectures, I say hi, weirdos, and then people come up to me and they're like, I don't like being called a weirdo. And I'm like, you just don't understand. Yeah, right. Like, it's the biggest compliment in the world. Like, right. Yeah. Not to get too jump right in and get right. too, you know, heady right off the bat. But, like, etymologically, right. weird, the word, uh, it means a destiny. 
mm-hmm. and and a person who was considered weird was a person who crafted and manifested their own destiny. Hmm. And oh. so a weirdo is someone who's in control of their life and takes control of their life. Oh. Like it's the it is like an ultimate compliment. Yeah. Wow. That's it interesting. Yeah. Huh. You know, and I mean, uh, learning. Look at look at the look <laughs> at the terminology. Yo, geek. We're using that geek tame and weekly. Geek used to be such a negative connotation, and now it's like the geek nerd culture is like super. What really, it's what really drives pop culture today. Yeah. yeah. So especially with the superhero films and everything. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's like taking that word and say, "Oh, you want to call me a geek? Fine. I'm going to own that. That's going to become my terminology, and that's a part of who I am." So it's just it's just about how people perceive you. Yeah, and I mean, when I was in high school and junior high and elementary school, I mean, I was a comic book kid growing up. Mm-hmm. I was I was what people called a nerd mm-hmm. because I played Dungeons and Dragons and read comic books all day long. And so for me, like weirdo was a big thing because people would beat me up and call me weirdo while they were beating me up. Mm-hmm. And even as a kid, I was like, oh wait, so if a weirdo is someone who like has hobbies and is nice and doesn't beat people up, that guy obviously isn't a weirdo who's right. beating me up. Like, I don't want to be that guy. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm glad I'm this thing. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Right. So oh, yeah. yeah. Well, now knowing that you have some Dungeons and Dragons Uh-oh. experience, we have a D and D podcast. Where we actually play on this uh, on this network? Who so DMs? Is there a? We have a DM. His name is Chris. Uh, he is fantastic, and we just started our campaign. And we do have written in spots for guests, stars. So we'll have mm-hmm. to keep that in mind, folks. Yeah, I, maybe bring, I know exactly where my last uh, character sheet is at. Nice. So, uh, Perfect. It was a terrible character, but I'd bring him back for sure. If you want to, we'll do it, brother. We'd love to have lawful, him on, on law- Podquesters. Lawful good. Waffle peasant good. hero. Oh. There you go. Peasant hero. Like, Must help villagers when asked. Per- perfect. <laughs> you gotta be chaotic. <laughs> some form of chaotic. So. See, I've gotten you off the rail the rails already about well, supernatural the show is about and paranormal stuff. Holes and how we go down them all the time. Yeah, yeah. No, that's Fine. actually how our logo is 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 the bunny ears because we're gonna be down the rabbit hole, but that's another show, and we kept the logo anyway because yeah. we really liked it. And, Good. Because yeah. we dive down all sorts of rabbit holes. Plus, Alice in Wonderland's like my favorite. Well, let's 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 jump right into it. Some some weirdness. I want to talk about UFOs a little bit. Sure. And so, how do you feel about Tom DeLonge from Blink One Eighty Two? Kind of straight into that. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> I, I have to know. I have to know what what your opinion is. Uh, so <clears throat> it's the process. What what's going on right now with To the Stars Academy? It's the academy that Tom DeLonge has built to kind of right. uh, get money together and release information on unidentified flying objects. Mm-hmm. The problem is that the people involved into the Stars Academy, mm-hmm. he has a huge list of ex-former military and exactly. government people working mm-hmm. for him. A lot of people don't know that the, his list of people that work for him actually are known very well throughout the UFO community because in the early 90s, they were involved with a disinformation campaign. Right. That drove a guy to madness. Right. So there's this thing that's called the aviary, mm-hmm. which was in the early 90s, which had John Alexander and Hal Putoff and Kit Green and all these people who were working with Tom DeLong. But in the 90s, they were in a disinformation campaign. They went and did conferences and told people that this stuff was real when it, was, was, it wasn't. And then when the UFO community kind of imploded in the late 90s, mm-hmm. they all kind of vanished into the ether. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as the UFO like 
phenomena started to come back around, all of a sudden here are this same cast of characters right. that screwed it up 15 years ago. Right. But now it's been rebranded. Mm-hmm. They've gotten another person to head it up. They've got a famous face. They've got right a famous at, face. Right up front. And Tom DeLonge was a millionaire before Blank One. Yeah, he is. His dad was like an oil guy. Yeah, his dad's an oil guy. He was a multimillionaire before Blank One. And Mark Hoppus, his father was a military man. the military industry. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So it's a very weird web that's being woven right now. And I, I mean, Tom DeLonge also does these things where he's all about disclosure and giving people information. But if you look at his Twitter and Instagram stuff like that, he posts like known fake ufo photographs right and then when he gets called out on it deletes them immediately right right and also wants to crowdfund it yep his like, to the stars to take... academy website is like totally out there too it's yeah. like you you can you can pick it right out of there I wanted, that's why i wanted to ask like yeah. someone in the community the ufo community what they what what the general consensus is so of, if, about it so for guys like me i mean i've been doing this since 90 Mm-hmm. So for a while, mm-hmm. people who have been doing this for a long time have, I mean, we always approach any release of new information. Like when the New York Times story hit, it was a big deal because it was UFOs in the New York Times. Mm-hmm. Huge, huge deal. But it seems like older researchers, because we've been burned so many times, we're like, let's hold off for a second. Let's see where it's going. But there's a whole younger breed that's always coming up of researchers who are like, look how awesome this is. This is fantastic. Right. Mm. And I feel like the job of older researchers who are more level-headed and common-sensed mm-hmm. is to say, like, just relax. Like, I know it's exciting. Right. But even with the New York Times story, I, I did a lecture recently where I was telling people, before the New York Times story, we knew as a UFO kind of community, mm-hmm. we knew that former military officials had seen UFOs. Mm-hmm. We had some grainy uh, government footage of UFOs. And we knew that the government at one time had studied UFOs. That's what we knew before right. the New York Times story. Mm-hmm. After the New York Times story, we knew military officials had seen UFOs. We had grainy footage of UFOs. And we knew the government had been investigating UFOs. Mm-hmm. We didn't go anywhere. Yeah, there right. wasn't even a step forward. It was just confirmation of that which we already knew, but packaged in a way to make it seem really exciting. Right. So I just tell people to beware of it. whenever anybody asks you for money mm-hmm. for truth. Yeah. That's a bad road to go down. Yeah, because the truth should be information mm-hmm. should be free. I mean, that's a lot of the tenets of uh, people that are you know in support of the internet and. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's escaping me the net neutrality and things like that. Yeah. Um, you know. So my question, diving in on that a little bit, the 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 footage that came out. So I, I saw the footage and I was just like, whoa, this is this is nuts. And you know, it's similar to some other footage that you've seen before. What what is your opinion on that? Like, is that is that is that like legitimate? Like, I mean, we don't we don't know because first of all, when I saw the footage, I didn't see anything in there that mm-hmm. made me think that it was an unidentified flying. I mean, it's unidentified because we don't know what it right. is. So technically right. It's alien. By definition. Right. right. But when I was looking at it, one of the things I first noticed, one of my friends is a cameraman, and mm-hmm. so I asked him about gimbaling systems because it's called the gimbal video, the one that is most famous from this New York Times right. story. Mm-hmm. And I was asking him, like, how do the cameras on that plane work? How do the gimbals work? Because that's why it's called the gimbal footage because it was shot by a camera on a gimbal, on a, a gimbal, rotating yeah. gimbal. And so he showed me like 
footage because he has a, a really high tech gimbal system. Like he a works, steady cam. Yeah. And he showed me how to recreate. He's like, if I was shooting a, a plane, mm -hmm. you would get these lens flare artifacts, not because it's turning quickly, but because my gimbal lens can't overcorrect for the gimbal system moving. And so if you've ever seen even uh, infrared or uh, thermal infrared mm -hmm. and infrared video of planes moving, like they're black dots surrounded by glowing auras from the heat from the the inlet oh, scoops and, and the jet inch. So mm -hmm. it's like everything in that video mm -hmm. is nothing unexplainable. And you have like, this is always a problem with me, whether it's ghost footage or UFO footage or Bigfoot footage. Right. I understand that there is 15 seconds, which is amazing. But for me as a researcher, I want to see the hour before and the hour after. Right. Mm. That's a good point. Yeah. Because I need to know what led up to it and I need to know what the reactions are after it's over. Right. You know, if I see, if someone posted, I got this clip of Bigfoot, and they put it on YouTube. I got this clip of Bigfoot, and I'm like, how much of it exists? They're like, the whole clip is on YouTube. And I'm like, okay, so the right. only time that you were running your camera out in the woods is when Bigfoot was directly center frame mm -hmm. for you. Mm -hmm. You were able to keep it and track it in center frame, mm -hmm. Not knowing, I mean, things switch yeah. directions. Yeah. Like, you know, Bigfoot walks in a straight line all the time, directly. Yeah, that's, right. everybody right. knows that, John. Right. That's right. what Bigfoot it's does. Like, it's yeah. like, He's looking for his beef jerky. Right. It's like, why why weren't you filming? Like, show me the five minutes before. Right. What were you actually trying after. to capture? Right. right. Why were you running the camera then? Well, we turned it on just because we saw Bigfoot. Oh. Okay, that's, that's great. Then why did you stop filming as soon as you couldn't see it anymore? Right. You didn't know you were going to see it in the first place. Right. That's, yeah, that's I never thought about it like that. Yeah, I right. recently okay, it's gone. I I'm turning my camera off now. What? Why? Are no you way, nuts? Jose. Right. Now you run over to where it was. Yeah, you look right. for the footprints. You look for broken branches. Right. You're freaking out. You're mm -hmm. getting genuine reaction from the participants. Like well, none of that exists. Yeah. Recently, I I just came down, moved back down here from Grayling, Michigan, mm -hmm. up on the Osawa River, yeah. and it's Bigfoot. Bigfoot. And Dogman are like the two big cryptozoology, sure. you know, specimens or whatever you want to call yeah. them. And the belief in them is like generally people pretty much believe in that that's going on up there. For good and, reason. Yeah. There's and, a good reason to believe it. And so a guy that I hung out with like pretty regularly, um, he claimed that he had seen Dogman several times and had a telepathic connection with him and shot him through the heart with a 30 odd six and all this stuff and mm -hmm. what do you feel about dog man so here's the thing when it comes to uh cryptids mm -hmm. like bigfoot and dog man mm -hmm. when i do lectures i start off by asking a series of questions and I, i'll say who here believes in ghosts and like i mean it's a paranormal lecture right so like right. the majority of people raise their hands right and then I'll say, how many people here believe in UFOs? And then 75% of the people raise their hands. And then I say, how many people here believe in Bigfoot and Dogman? And like four people put their hands up and the rest of the audience laughs. Like that's consistent throughout my lectures. Hmm. But then I go back and I point out to people, so the majority of you believe that there's a persistence in personality and consciousness after biological death that exists in some unexperiential, undata qualified and quantified realm. The majority of you believe that happens that's ghosts and then a very large percentage of you believe that in 
The inky blackness and infinitude of the cosmos, life has arisen, evolved, developed technology, and traversed all of time and space to find us on this tiny backwater planet in the middle of the cosmos. Right. 75% of you believe that. All of you laughed when I asked if there was an undiscovered animal on the planet. <laughs> right. The most yeah. real of the three is the one that people think is the most ridiculous. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting. Well, let's talk more on some more of these subjects. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to come right back. Sound good? Perfect. Cool. Be right back. What's going on in your neighborhood? They say it takes a village. It's the simple things. The things that are a testament to the old. The things that are a testament to the new. Know what's going on in your community. Check out our community channel on newradiomedia.com. Why are we here? What makes a person truly good? For those answers, you're going to have to take a philosophy class. But if you're more interested in who would win in a fight between R2-D2 and a Dalek, watch Get It to the Geeks on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. on newradiomedia.com. And we are back here on Geektainment Weekly, joined by John E. L. Tenney, having a fantastic time talking about UFOs, paranormal activity, cryptozoology. I'm just enjoying listening, honestly. Yes. So, <laughs> I have, I have a, a question that I want to ask really fast. All right, wait, wait, one second. Okay, I'm going to I want to go back to that dog man. The question. dog yes, man. Dog so man. here's my last, my last little comment on it. Mm-hmm. We living in Michigan... Mm-hmm. How many times this year did you see a deer? Quite a few. Okay, how many? Um, this, I, this average doesn't have to be spot on. Once a month? Once a month. How many times did you see a deer this year? This year, coming from great, uh, this year, uh, I don't know, maybe, yeah, once or twice a month. Once or twice a month? Two. Yeah. You've seen two. He lives in the city. <laughs> I live in yeah, the city. Yeah, right, yeah. okay, but that's, that's right. fine, because what I'm looking for is, in Michigan, right. there are six and a half million deer. Right. When I was living in Grayling, I would see maybe 10, 15 every single day. Right. Yeah. So there's six and a half million in the whole state. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, when cryptozoologists talk about Bigfoot, they're talking about a population of 10,000 worldwide. Really? Wow. So, so that would make sense. That right. Makes a lot of sense. Right. So that would mean the majority of people who live in cities right. would never, ever see anything. Of course. And then people who are randomly out in the woods mm-hmm. where there might be one or two of the 10,000 spread across the world, mm-hmm. the entire like habitable portion of the planet. Mm. Like, it would be very sketchy that you might see something. And if it's, if it's smart, if it's staying away from us, if it right. knows to and – th- and this is talking about it. We're not even getting into the weirder, weirdest aspect of it. Right. Like, that's – if it's just a giant, large, ancient hominid, a relic hominid or a humanoid. Right. Like, there are ideas that it's not even a physical thing, that right. it's more interdimensional – that it's a yep. thought form or an aggregor, that it's kind of pushed into reality by collective consciousness. Well, that seems like what Dogman, the most of the things that I hear about Dogman is it's like an interdimensional mm-hmm. werewolf sort of thing. And is there like an estimated Dogman population? Or is no, that just Dog sort Man, of a Midwestern a, thing? You know, it's, it's really strange because Dogman, there was a guy who in Michigan who right. said that he created it. Right, who wrote the song. He's like, I wrote and, a song. Yeah. It was on April Fool's, and now everybody sees Dogman. The problem is is that Dogman, there's reported sightings before he wrote the song. Right. 
So, like, I did a conference a, a year and a half ago in Defiance, Ohio, mm -hmm. where in the 19, early 1970s, a guy was attacked by what he called a werewolf at the time. Right. So, you do have dogman sightings, uh, but it's confounded with this kind of other idea that it was all made up. Right. Because they found a guy who made up a song and is willing to say that he made up Dogman. So what's the difference between, like, a werewolf, Dogman, and, like, a skinwalker? So, again, mm -hmm. in the realm that I deal in, mm -hmm. I have, like, I couldn't tell you. Right. Okay. I mean, I, mean, I can't even tell you when someone sees Bigfoot, mm -hmm. if they think they've seen Bigfoot. Mm hmm how do you know that they didn't see what we what other people call dogmen? Like a giant, upright, walking, hairy creature yeah. that's moving through the woods. That's Some people who have never heard of dogman are going to say, I saw Bigfoot. Right. Mm -hmm. People who go out looking for Bigfoot might see Bigfoot and say, I saw the dogman because mm -hmm. of their own internal perspectives on how they're viewing reality. Or right. both of them could have just seen, you know, a giant kind of mangy bear, you know, with hurt paws that's right. walking upright. Yep. Yeah, so... Mm -hmm. I know that a lot of people think they associate those sightings with, you know, yeah, mange, the animals that have mange and mm -hmm. things like that. And you see, you know, pictures of animals with mange, and you're like, oh, wow, yeah, I could, I could see that mistake being made. The problem is, is when you start getting... Because I've been on, taking people on Bigfoot hunts and going on Bigfoot, you know, recons and stuff like that. The problem is when you start to get what seem to be intelligent responses to you right. out in the woods. Well, that's like uh, the Survivor Man guy, Les Stroud, did Les that. Les Stroud has a great Big... Bigfoot story. Yeah, and that that was pretty interesting. Like, And that's the other thing, too. When you take, when, you know, there's this fascination with only crazy people see UFOs, only crazy people see ghosts, only crazy people see, you know, Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. There are a wealth of very well-educated Right. Highly trained individuals. Like we, we're talking about Les Stroud. Like right. Jane Goodall believes in Bigfoot. Yeah. Like she's the primatologist to right. go to. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And she's like, yeah, I believe it's probably out right. there. Like, um, I think one of the worst things that you could call someone is crazy when it comes to something like that. Just no, dismissive. You're, you're, you're and for religion. <laughs> well, Sorry. I was I was talking uh, actually before I came in. I was talking out in the lobby to the girl that works at the desk, mm -hmm. and I was saying, I, you know, she's found out what I did, and, and I was saying to her, you know, our perceptions as humans are so limited. Mm -hmm. To really say that you understand reality mm -hmm. is very egotistical of yourself. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. if, if I had a converse, if we could learn to speak to dogs right now, right, and I tried to tell a dog that there was such a thing as a rainbow, no dog in the history of dogs, just because of their biology, right. no, dog, no dog has ever seen a rainbow. The like, dog would psh. the dog would say, "There's no such thing as rainbow." I talked dog. Every here, other right. dog in history would right. never seen a rainbow. It's like telling the a frog it's Tuesday. Right. Yeah. 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 Because we're what four dimensional beings as humans, three dimensions, and then time being time. the fourth. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, I've been doing a lot of research. You know, mainly uh, the other night, uh, and I got a big important question: How right did they get it in Harry and the Hendersons? <laughs> I haven't seen Harry and the Hendersons in a long. time. Okay, I thought you were gonna say ever. And and I don't say I say yes. I'm, I have a bad association with Harry and the Hendersons because I was at a convention and someone gave me a pack of Harry and the Hendersons trading cards. Oh no! And I ate the gum out of it. 
Oh man! Oh no! It was a disaster. Oh man! Well, and do I do not eat old trading well, card gum from like 1985. That's, no, that's that sounds like a bad thing. Idea. I got I got You're a pack of gum for my time. wedding <laughs> that had Godzilla trading cards, the Matthew Broderick movie. I didn't bother eat that. But I, I asked <laughs> that question. <laughs> not really. That's not Godzilla. Come on. Yeah. No. That's that's that's. They, no. they even reference in the newer in, Japanese yes. Godzilla films that that wasn't Godzilla. But I asked that question. Yes, I'm a funny guy. I like to you know make jokes. But like you know Harry. They, they portrayed him as this really gentle being, this vegetarian. You know, um, how accurate is that to, like, some of the sightings that people Or would it be seen? more like a human thing where, like, this guy is like this and that person's like that? Yeah, I mean, if it's a evolved intelligent creature, then they're going to have various personalities. If it's more animalistic in mm-hmm. its traits and qualities, mm-hmm. then we would look to something like the larger primates for its activities. Right. Which, you know, you have people go out in the woods looking for Bigfoot and they do like giant screams and they'll do like tree knocking to try and get Bigfoot to reply. Right. Like apes, like the great apes, have very few vocalizations that they do with each other. Mm -hmm. So like I tell people if you're going to go out and look for Bigfoot, this sounds really funny, but like instead of knocking on trees, you do this thing called ground thrashing, which is where you take leaves and you clear uh, more leaves away from the ground because that's one of the sounds that large primates make is when they're making a nest, they clear the ground. They do ground thrashing. Oh. And so you do that. Um, they would probably be mostly herbivores. They'd probably be vegetarian, but they mean they'd be omnivores because we do know that when apes are going into starvation periods, they'll eat meat and they'll even attack and cannibalize each other. Right. But that's in very rare instances. Like mm-hmm. they're mostly plant eaters and, and root, root vegetables. Um, and that's one of the vocalizations that you can make if you're going to look for Bigfoot. You can actually go out in the woods and burp because that's how great apes tell each other that there's a food source in the area. And the low sound of a burp actually travels really well through uh, a forest. Yes. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So if you go out and, to look for Bigfoot in the woods, burp. See, guys, cans by of, Harry and the Henderson, okay. joke was important to ask. It was important. A very good question. <laughs> no, no, no dumb questions yeah, on Geek Tank no, Weekly. Yeah, no, it really isn't, unless you like Batman and Robin. Ooh. What's wrong? with I didn't that like Batman movie? and Robin. You know it's Batman Forever that I like. Let's all right? avoid that you like rabbit both hole. Of them. I'm, I'm, staying out of, I'm, I'm staying hole. out of the Batman context. <laughs> well, when we I talk did not about... like the Nolan films. Whoa. Yeah, that's why I'm staying out of the controversy. All right. right. I didn't like the. You know, He's like... a guest, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> He's a guest in our house. I wasn't going to say anything. Respect him. I'm, I, I, didn't I do. Say I deserve that. no respect. <laughs> So speaking of like interdimensional beings, things yes. like that. Um, nice segue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Um, now I know that you've written a lot of books and things like that. Now one of them that I that I came across was "Come at Me, Ghost," about fighting ghosts. Come and at things me, ghost. Like... So yeah. So this is a book. That, How do you fight a ghost? First of all, I, I merely wrote the introduction. Okay. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Okay, all right. Uh, but I, I wrote it as this character named Joey Hellenant, mm-hmm. which is just an anagram of Johnny E.L. Tenney. Okay. And then a lot of people did not figure out. Hmm. Like, people were like, who is this guy? And I was like, oh, he's just this weird ghost hunter. But <laughs> we were, when ghost hunting shows became parent, like very popular right. and were absor- like absorbed by our culture, um, there came to be this point where it became all about hyperbole and like scariness. And mm-hmm. it went from watching people kind of wander around in the dark mm-hmm. talking about ghosts 
to these television shows where people were like actively trying to get ghosts to like hit them with axes right. and hammers. And, right. And I was like, this is ridiculous. So I wrote a book called Come At Me Ghost, The Ultimate Guide to Fist Fighting okay. Ghosts and Spirits. Right. And it's written from the perspective of a guy who has no idea how to hunt or look for or investigate ghosts. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a little schematic in the back, how you can build a ghost gun mm -hmm. so that you can kill a ghost, which always cracks me up because... People, how do you kill people, ghosts? Right. Look. How do you kill something that's already dead? Right. I right. am part of a group called the Detroit Ghostbusters. Yes. Okay. And I know you got to have a proton pack to catch a ghost. Is that <laughs> what it's similar to? Yes and no. Because the one that I created in this book is just so ridiculous. Oh, it's got okay. Like, it's a PVC pipe with a crystal inside of it. And then oh. you tape crosses on the inside and put a laser pointer at so one So it's end. like the Napoleon Dynamite time machine. Well, right. it says in the, I think it says in the book, if you can't find uh, a large crystal, you can just dump iodized salt oh. into it. Everyone has, everyone has salt. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just this ridiculous kind of parody. I mean, I even wrote a book. There's, I, I like to... I used to do fanzines when I was back in the cool. 80s. Cool. And so there was always this comedic element to my writing. Uh, the last book that I put out is actually Joey Helnant, that character from Come At Me mm -hmm. Ghost, um, actually sat down. And there's a book out right now that's called uh, Believe Me, I Know Ghosts, mm -hmm. which is the ghost stories from Donald Trump. Oh, boy. <laughs> and Joey, okay. Joey Helnant, Joey Helnant wrote, wrote, sat down with Trump. Mm-hmm. And talked about Trump's ghost That's stories. Oh, so there's a book out there called "Believe Me, I Know Ghosts: <laughs> Stories from the I'm World's a, Best a Ghost Hunter." Big Donald fan on satirization and commentary. Yeah, right. I'm a big fan. <laughs> so in like studying paranormal things, ghosts and whatnot, like where do you see like Ouija and tarot and things like that falling into the spectrum? Is is it <laughs> is that real? Is that something that people could can put? I don't know. It's, for lack of a better word, faith into you know it's it's amazing to me. Like I have at one point, I don't anymore because I sold them off to a movie company. But at one point, I had like seventy Ouija boards in my house. Mm -hmm. Like people over the years, over the past thirty years, they get scared of them. They think they're possessed, and then they send them to me. And then I was like, "What am I supposed to do with it?" They're like, right. "You know what to do. You're the expert." Right. And just, Mattel has a machine that just, possesses all the Ouija boards. Yeah, and they right. just kept building up in it's my in the, garage. It's at the end of the assembly line, right? And people are like, "They're a portal to, to hell. They're a doorway to darkness." And I'm like, right. "It is." A piece of wood. So they want you to like exercise the yeah. Ouija boards. And then, oh yeah. Well, but I've, if you give I've, it back to them after I've, you exercise, gotten, it won't work. I've got Ouija boards in the in my in my house where people sent them to me. They're like wrapped in copper with covered in salt with Bibles affixed to them. <laughs> like, 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 have you ever got any like covered in blood? Uh, I have some with blood. Oh, that's terrifying. Oh, boy. Where oh. people will cut themselves to try and get the, the board to respond. Wow. But people are really out there with it. They are really yeah. out there. But the thing is, is it it all kind of stems back to. Like a Ouija board was never meant as a like thing that's going to open a porthole to a dark dimension. Right. What it was meant was, I mean, at the time it was a game, a parlor game when it was created when William Flood kind of popularized them in the turn of the century. Mm -hmm. But the idea was, it was a way to relax your mind. It was a way to become meditative with a group of people. You sat around, and you let the kind of micromotor responses of your body mm -hmm. and the bodies of the people around you as you were touching the planchette. Right to push subconsciously what you thought the answers might be. And if there were ghosts or spirits, they would be in that kind of ethereal realm of your subconscious, and so maybe they could help move it in that direction as well. I mean, but it was, I mean, the reality of the situation is Ouija boards became popular in the turn of the century because 
you put them on your lap, and then you had a woman sit on the side from mm-hmm. you, and your knees touched under the board. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so it was this wow. way, yeah, it was this way to flirt. Right. right. And, that makes sense. Ooh. And that's why it became really popular. Like, but That's how I use my slinky. But I, I nice. get people... <laughs> <laughs> I get people all the time who sit, tell me like, oh, you know, my Ouija oh, boards are evil. I would never use them. And it's that's yeah, my like, mom's like that. That's like saying that's like saying a hammer is evil. Like right. A hammer builds a house or it cracks someone's skull. It depends right. on who's holding the hammer. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, I want to get more in depth on more paranormal stuff. A little bit about witchcraft. And let's talk about the occult when we come back. Uh, after this quick commercial break here on Geektainment Weekly on New Radio Media. Ah, low-budget movie version. 60s TV version. Early 2000s high school pseudo-adaption that eventually grows into the geek we all know and love version, yeah? I'm getting paid a lot of money to be here, so listen up. Watch the Geektainment channel on NewRadioMedia.com. It's geek-approved. It's all about you, and that's the way we like it. Where you're going. What you do to stay fit. What you're eating. What you're thinking. And how you're feeling. Join the conversation at NewRadioMedia.com's Lifestyles channel. Stream the life you want to live. And we are back here on Geektainment Weekly with special guest John E.L. Tenney. John, thank you so much again still for yeah, joining Thanks us. for having me. It's fun. I, I have, this is the most I've been entertained by our show. Oh. <laughs> I'm having a great wow. time. Wow. This is the, the one show that's really... highly about our show. I mean, not, <laughs> oh, no, I love it. I love coming and doing this every week, but I don't think I... I mean, you guys, I don't shut up. No. Yeah. I've pretty much just been listening this entire time, so I mean... Well, and this is a little bit different than the typical, you know... Guests we have in, you know, comic book artists and, and, and creative, mm-hmm. you know, people. And you're, you're, you're somebody yeah. that has dedicated your life to exploring something that a lot of people deem, quote, crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, like you said, it's just they're the weirdos right. because they haven't seen this stuff. But, so. I mean, it's one of those things, though, right? It's something we all think about, whether or not you think it's crazy. Right. Like there are moments, every skeptic, every hardcore materialist atheist that I've met over the past 30 years, mm-hmm. and I have friends. I have a friend that works at CERN, like who's just a straight up materialist right. scientist, right? Every single one of those persons at one time or another has pu- every single one has pulled me aside and said, it's all garbage. Mm-hmm. But there was this one time. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And it's, and it takes and that one for me. It's like it took the one yeah, time for me like, to just be like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah, dive down no, these rabbit holes. One of my friends, um, she brought over one of her friends, and this guy supposedly this hardcore atheist. But the whole time he's at my house, he's telling me about this ghost who lives in his freaking like yeah. attic, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, how can you coincide the two beliefs with each other, like without being a hypocritical? You yeah. know, if you believe in the upstairs, you got to believe in the downstairs and vice versa. Well, yeah, I'm saying like I just thought that I thought it was interesting that all I heard literally mostly what I heard about this guy he was a hardcore atheist, he blah, blah, blah. And then he's sitting and telling me about this ghost that's been like terrorizing his house since he bought it. And well, it's like, I'll make the segue. 
then. Oh, perfect. Because that's a perfect Ooh. segue for me. All right. Nice. So I was sitting, we're going to talk about the occult now. Yes, yes. And, and magic a little bit. All right, let's get into it. I was at, I, am I allowed to say? I, I guess. You can I, I say, say whatever you want. Whatever so the hell you I hang want. Out, I hang out at this bar called Gasoline Alley in Royal Oak. Okay. Yeah. And I was there, and I am not a sports person. Mm-hmm. It's the one thing that's off my plate. Like Me either. I've just got n- I no time for it. And High fives. High fives. <laughs> and I was sitting at the bar, and someone had asked me a question about someone who knew me, because I've been going there since I was 17, which mm-hmm. even before I was allowed to go there. But right. someone, someone asked me a question about uh, witchcraft, mm-hmm. and I quickly answered it just because we were in the bar and mm-hmm. whatever. But there was a guy sitting next to me. And he became kind of so infuriated. He had been watching football. And he looked at me and he goes, you believe in that crap? And I go, do I believe in what? And he goes, witchcraft, witches. And I go, well, I don't really believe in anything. I go, but I give things possibilities. And he looks at me and he kind of shakes his head and he goes, it's all garbage. It's all nonsense. Right. And so I sat there for a second and I looked at him and I said, have you ever grown your beard out for your sports team? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he looked at me, and he was kind of drunk, so he didn't get it at first. Right. And he goes, yeah, one time he started talking about Red Wings and growing his beard out. Mm-hmm. And I said, why did you do that? And he goes, like, it's like, good luck. And I was like, no, it's magic. Right. Like, you're doing a magic ritual. Or like wearing a rally you're, cap. Yeah. When you, when you wear a special shirt, or you grow your hair out, or you wear a special hat, mm-hmm. like, you're trying to affect change in something that's unnatural, uh, unnatural right. to you. By doing an action. When you look at, like, when people say, like, you know, the Beyonce Super Bowl halftime game is an Illuminati thing, mm-hmm. right? Uh-huh. If you look at a football game and you you, you apply it to magical systems, mm-hmm. okay, you have a piece of sacred ground mm-hmm. that's covered usually in chalk with giant symbols and markings that represent where on that sacred ground you should be or want to be going. Right. Then you put people on that sacred ground. Who spill blood. Who, who spill blood mm-hmm. and are following the precepts of an elder who's standing off to the side. Okay, so you have coach and players. And those two different teams are trying to affect change. Now you surround them mm-hmm. with the neophytes, the mm-hmm. people who aren't playing. Mm-hmm. You have them chant and sing in unison to affect the change on the... You're watching a giant magic ritual called football. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so when that guy's like, it's all garbage, I'm like, you've wasted a lot of your time on that garbage. Well, that like kind of brings me to one of my questions as does, in your opinion, does Satanism kind of rule pop culture and things like that, you know? I mean, like when you say, you know, Beyonce, Illuminati rituals and like what you just described... A uh, football I mean, game, as you know, do you can you vary like between Satanism and witchcraft, or is witchcraft just basically based from Satanism, right? Like, so Satanism is it's the hard thing, right? Because Satanism is if you ask a Satanist now, mm-hmm. like the Detroit has a temple of Satan, yep, right? Um, and they're all atheists because the adversary of God. Right. Is Satan, which is why they call themselves Satanists. But they don't believe in Satan or God. Huh? That yes. seems like just totally. That seems. Yeah, they yeah. call themselves Satanists because they're the adversary of like religion in general. The concept of religion. And so okay. to worship Satan, I mean, first of all, no Satanists. Uh, I get it. It's just blowing my mind right now. Yeah. yeah. They're all atheists. So, and, and they're against anyone, even people who believe in Satan. So. 
and they're side note story. They're okay. really they're really like as Satanists because this kind of blew my mind too. I right. got invited to when the temple opened, and so I went, and there was like a bondage room and like a sex room and a porno room, and they were doing weird. You know, rituals where they were dumping like wine on people and right. like naked chanting and stuff like, like that. Like Maria Abramovich, like type. Yeah, stuff. and so so at one point I was I was smoking and one of the high priests comes up to me and he's like, "Hey man, you can't smoke in here." <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, what? And he's like, Michigan law, man. He's like, you can't smoke inside a building like this. And I'm like, are you kicking me out like, for smoking? Out and he's here. like, yeah. And I'm like, you are the worst Satanist ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is horrible. I just got kicked out of the temple of Satan for smoking. <laughs> like, this is... But witchcraft is a, I mean, it's a, it's just a craft. It's spell casting. It's, it's hoodoo. It's conjure magic. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's always existed from, you know, um, doing things to cure yourself of hiccups. Right. Is witchcraft is, right. is is hoodoo magic? It's conjure magic. Putting a nickel in your shoe or like things that uh, girls growing up pre- predominantly girls in mm-hmm. in like junior high when they make cootie catchers to predict the future when right. they do numerology to figure out who they're going to marry when they right. get older right. when they do light as a feather stiff as a board when they start doing Ouija boards they're mm-hmm. they're just buying into what we are which are these kind of ritual creatures that love to try and have some influence on the universe so you're talking about like you know rituals as when you're younger now what about the ritual stuff that you see from adults in leadership like the bohemian club and things like that what do you what's your take on that yeah i mean that's weird right so (laughs) (laughs) for your listeners who don't know about bohemian grove i mean i don't know if you've ever talked about it we haven't on the show bohemian grove is this place in california where Mm -hmm. the leaders of the world Mm -hmm. go once a year and they stand in front of a giant fake stone owl of the god moloch Mm -hmm. who deserves and needs and whatever child sacrifices and human sacrifices and they dress in robes now we like we have pictures of the bush family there truman Mm -hmm. nixon like all these people there and at the end of the kind of week retreat they build a human effigy Mm -hmm. they name it care and then they set it on fire in front of this giant owl that way when they leave they've destroyed their care they no longer care. They have no care. Well, yeah, and you see, like the and like that you're happens. Saying, yeah, it's real. That's, it's like it, a it real actually happens. Thing that happens and continues to happen. It's like every year too. Yeah, right? yeah. If you moved into a house, and your next door neighbors had like a 25 foot owl statue in the backyard, and once a year they'd put on robes and burned a human effigy. You'd be really concerned about right, that, right? Yeah. But since it's the leaders Maybe. of the free world and and every other part of the world and leaders of industry, yeah, that's fine. Well, I mean, are, are weird there free drinks out. at my neighbors? What was that? Are there free drinks at my neighbors during this owl ceremony? <laughs> Maybe I might be there. I might be there too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and plus, that's interesting. It's, super it's a giant weird. owl statue. I'd probably go check it out. We got one minute left, really. Uh-oh. All right, but I want to ask one quick last thing. Yes. What do you know about Adrenochrome? <laughs> Not a lot. I don't okay. know what that is. Right. He has been asking, he's been telling me he's going to ask you about that like the entire <laughs> week. And you left it for the last one minute? Well, you know, I figured why not. What did you want to know about it? So, I mean, well, is, what, is, what is it, first of all? We're going to go over it in like a minute. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. All right. It's all good. All right. Are you, are you looking to go somewhere? No. <laughs> no? No. All right.
not. <laughs> no, 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 no. I am so constantly in the dark right looking now. to go somewhere. Yeah. Yes. We all are. Uh-huh. Well, we really had an awesome time here on Geek Tainment mm-hmm. Weekly this week. Yeah. John, thank yeah, you so oh, much. for having me. You could have talked been great. for hours. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I could do that anyway. Yeah, seriously. And then don't forget, next week, yep. we have the one and only Walter Jones, the original Black Power Ranger, calling in. Yeah. So tune in next week. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. You've been watching Geek Tainment Weekly here on New Radio Media.